Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Listen to this. <laughs> Salvation is not transferable. <laughs> you hear me? Salvation is not transferable. You don't, you don't, your mama, they don't just, well, I'm going to just transfer a little mind to yours, to you. You know, you since you don't have enough sense to get saved, I'm gonna I'm gonna just trans yeah, I'm gonna help you, boy. I'm gonna help you, girl. I'm, I'm gonna help you, grandchild. I'm gonna just transfer a little of what I got to you. No, it's not transferable. I and let me give you a bigger thought. God has no grandchildren. <laughs> God has no grandchildren, he only has children. He only has children. Therefore, you must accept Christ for yourself. Just like your mama had to accept Christ for herself. Your daddy had to accept Christ for himself. Your sister had to accept Christ for himself. Your, uh, your brother, your grandma, they had to accept Christ for, your, for themselves. You say, can you show me a scripture on that? I need that because I thought, you know, if I get saved, that means my whole house is saved. Let me... The word of God straighten you out. It's a verse you already know. But now you will see it even in another light. Romans 10 and 9. That if you, not your mama, not your daddy, not your cousin, <laughs> not your buddy, not your sorrow, not your frat brother, that if you confess with your mouth, not their mouth, that child got to confess with his mouth, his, your mouth, underline that, the, who? The Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart. Not everybody else. My mama say, no, no, I, I, mama say, but what about you? I'm talking about your heart, boy. I'm talking about your heart, daddy. Because sometimes the child is saved and the dad is lost. Or the mama's lost. Or the aunt is lost. I'm talking about my heart. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Not everybody else. You will be saved. Not your brother. Not your sister. Not your co-worker. You, you will be saved. It's a personal thing between you and God. I, I can't get in your heart and save you. I can preach the gospel, but I, but I can't save you. I, I can have everything homiletically, homonutically uh, correct, theology correct. I can have it all tidy and all right and all that. And I can do it with passion and energy. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I can't. 
can't save you. Your mama can't save you. Your daddy can't save you. They can present the gospel to you, but, but, they, but they can't save you. Only God can save you. Only God. So, so growing up in a Christian family, and that makes it difficult because even my personal experience, you know, thank you, Lord, for giving me this. Uh, you just gave it to me. I grew up in a Christian family. My daddy sang in a choir. My daddy was a deacon. My mama sang in a choir. I remember that, that gray robe she had with the little yellow thing, little banner going around. And, and she was leading this song. So God, is, bless her heart, she's in heaven now. She was saying, God is the answer. I remember those songs that they were saying. And, uh, and I just look at that, and I would just sit there on the front row, and I would just look. I was, I was, a, I was a peculiar child. I didn't want to sit back there. I always found my way. I didn't even sit with my, rather did I sit with my parents back in the back somewhere, because my mama was a shouting sister. I never would forget. One time I had a derby hat, and I used to wear a derby hat, and I had my hat, and it was sitting on my lap in church, and all of a sudden my mama got happy, and she flattened my hat in my lap. <laughs> She enjoyed God. You know, she, she, she enjoyed God. You know what? And I was looking at that. It's because she had a relationship. I said, look, my mama, what? You know, don't, you don't take all that. You know, my mama, y'all seen her cut loose around here. I bless her heart. You remember, my mama, my mama had a relationship with God. You know what my mama said? My mama said, look, boy, if you don't have God, if you don't have family, and you don't have the church, you don't have much going for you. You don't have much going for you. And so, I, you know, I grew up in the context. Not that we were a perfect family. We had issues and all that. You know, with six brothers and sisters, you know you have one restroom, one little this, and a little TV with a couple of channels, you know, that went off, that signed off at midnight with the Lord's Prayer. Y'all remember that? You know, some of y'all do. You young folk don't. TV don't go off now, you know. I came up in the context. And what would bother me all the time is that I can remember the exact date and time and place that I really got saved. I, I used to hear people say, oh, it was on a June the 9th, about 6 o'clock, I was sitting on the mourner's bench and God arrested me or somebody else. They come up with these sensational testimonies about Christ and I felt like I was left out. And I forget, and I, and I, I was walking with the Lord, but I was still kind of, because I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint the date. I wanted to know the date. I wanted to know the time. I wanted to be able to say it like the mother folk could say it. And so I thought I was lacking something because I grew up in a Christian home where I was in that context. And, I, I, and somewhere along the way in that experience, I came to know the Lord without having a date and knowing the time. Because of being in that environment. So I was at a conference one day. I can't even think of the guy's name. I think it was Bill Bright or somebody. I was talking, I was at a conference. I said, you know, I said, I said, I, I'm struggling. He said, what you struggling? I said, sometimes I still wonder about my salvation. I'm preaching and I'm pastoring. He said, that's just the devil. He said, he, just, he asked one question to me. He said, I got a question for you right now. I said, what's that? He said, are you walking with the Lord right now? Are you believing God right now? Are you living for Christ right now? You know, he started dealing with the present and all that until everything just began to calm down and my faith began to just get more solidified. 
Because if you're not careful, Satan will, you can be saved and Satan will make you doubt the fact that you are actually saved when you're saved. He works that way also. You see what I'm saying? So the subtleties of how Satan works, even in a Christian context of a family, uh, can deceive you. And you, you better know without a doubt that you have your own faith because you believe Jesus Christ for yourself and all the demons in hell can't make you doubt the validity of your faith in Christ. Do I have a witness here? Well, another, another reason people fail to come and reject is, is because of believing salvation is by works. Because of believing salvation is by works. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we prophesied in your name? Look at that. Your name. Have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. Look at verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are those who come to church who think they are saved, but in reality, they are not. And if you come to church and have good church attendance and you go to hell from the church house, that's called going to hell the hard way because the truth be told, you don't have to come to church to go to hell. If you don't go to hell, you can just go straight. These people, they have a false sense of security in holding on to religious tradition. They think that religious piousness and traditions, uh, they, they think baptism uh, brings them salvation, baptism, regeneration, and all that stuff. You, and so many go in a dry center, come out a wet center because they haven't had a true conversion. Many of them think they're saved because they're emotional. You know, oh, they they can just go. Oh, they're just happy and they throw their hands. You know, throw, throw their hands up and they holler and they scream and they roll and they foam at the mouth and. They're speaking in tongues, and they're all over the place. So you say, oh, they got it. They may not have it, because Satan can beat them doing all of that. You, you can't outshout the devil. The devil can show you how to shout. The devil makes strange noises, you, you see? And some, <laughs> you, can't, you can't outshout, you can't outshout the devil. So, so because you've got a lot of emotion, you know, in some churches, Thank you, Holy Ghost. I mean, it got me going all over the place today. You, maybe somebody right in this section need this. You know? I'm just messing with y'all now. <laughs> so, so there are some churches, they're all light and no emotions. You know, they, they say, what do you mean? They got the word, they got the theology, eschatology, soteriology, angelology, uh, I mean, I, just all the allergies, uh, ecclesiology, uh, just, just all the allergies. I get every one of them. They got it all packaged and know it, all the nuances of everything, you know. They got, they, oh, they know they deep in the word of God and the most difficult passages, they can break it down to you. But when you go in now, man, not one amen, not one hallelujah. Not one praise the Lord. I'm not saying you got to be saying. Now, some people, 
they amen the sermon away. Jesus is Lord, amen. <laughs> Jesus said, amen. Uh, God is good, amen. And you just amen, amen. You amen God on out. You know, you can over amen. Some, I'm coming to conclude, some folks don't even know what amen means, you know. And, 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 and but, but, you know, there's no emotions. There's no, it's just cold. It's like they're the, you know, the frozen chosen or something, you know. You, you just walk in there and you sit and it's eerily quiet. And you say, man, if God is that good, where's the rejoicing? Is there a tear? Is there a waving of the hand or a patting of the feet? Uh, uh, is there some indication outwardly? I believe, and you know what? When I worship with the Jewish uh, messianic uh, believers, man, they singing and dancing. I mean, those, ooh, those worship services are just out of sight. You know, when, when we have uh, uh, Rabbi Randy Shapiro come, man, man, we dancing and rejoicing. They're all over. The Jewish style of worship is very different from us. And even when you go to Africa and other everybody, and sometimes people want to judge worship. Don't judge them. I'm just saying some, sometimes we, we, we don't have that balance. Because when you go to Africa, man, the, even the kids are dancing. Some of you have been, they're jumping and they're praising God and they're doing, I mean, their energy. I say, you, you, you don't need to go to any gym once you've been to church over in Africa. Because I declare, they're not, they're not in a hurry to get started and they're not in a hurry to, leave, to go home. And when you leave, you've lost about five pounds in worshiping. <laughs> you know, but so, so some churches are all, um, all emotions and don't have light, the light of God word, you know. They're running down. They're grabbing the preacher. They're falling out, passing out. They've got a lot of emotion, all heat, all heat, all emotion, no light. And then other churches are all light, all word, but no heat. And somewhere there needs to be uh, that kind of a balance. Got to go. Uh, you know, it's amazing too. Maranatha has always been a strange church. Sometimes you sit here and you act just like Presbyterians. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that because God wants you, there times God just wants you to be still and know that he's God. That's right. And then other times in here, I say, what, what, excuse me, English, but what in the world doesn't happen? Maranatha looks just like a Pentecostal church. You just dancing and jumping and enjoying God and kids all. I mean, you know, you know, and, and you don't, and you can't, you can't predict that. And I'm so glad it's unpredictable. That's when you know it's real. It's real. So he said, but you can have all that. He said, but I never knew you. I never knew you. Emotions. Uh, people, because they think because they're a good moral person, they're saved. Because they have good church attendance, they're saved. Because they're good financial contributors, uh, you, you, you owe them. They have a sense of entitlement because of how they give. Uh, because they're good workers in the church and they hold key positions in the church, very influential in the church. You could be influential and not have a relationship. All of which can deceive a person into thinking they are saved when they're actually lost. What a horrible thing to hear the Lord say when you stand before him, I never knew you. Depart from me. Man, that is a sobering statement. Then, uh, finally, but not the least, why do people reject Christ? 
is because they think they have more time. They think that, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have to come later. I can do that later. You know, some, some people actually think they're going to have some kind of deathbed conversion. <laughs> James chapter 4 verse 14 says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, but what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Beloved, any one of us can die suddenly at any moment. I said, I want you to get that down. You need to write that down so it'll register. Any one of us can die suddenly at any moment. Moment. You know, if, if, if I had a wish on how I could die, I know you're going to say, oh, Pastor, please don't do that. I just wish one Sunday I can just preach this message of Christ and then die. You think that would be an impact on the church? You will never forget it. And there are preachers who have preached their message, sat down, and died. And folk got right with God. Any moment. Now that can happen to me. You say, ooh, you're holding your breath. It might be me, but it might be you too. Regardless of your age, you can be five, ten, babies die. It, it doesn't matter about your color, brown, black, white, Asian, and everything else I can't call in between, Indian, whatever you are, you, you're going to die. Regardless of your status, your position, your possessions, your plans, you're going to die. Therefore, humble yourselves and come to Christ today. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. In closing, beloved, we, as we journey through this global pandemic with so much sickness around us, so much death all around us, not to mention the anarchy, the riots, the injustice, the merciless killings unfolding right before our eyes. You need to know that you are genuinely saved without a doubt and that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You need to know that you are genuinely saved without a doubt and that absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. I close with this scripture in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. It says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing. Even this virus shouldn't separate you from the love of God. You ought to be able to worship God in spite of the virus. You ought to be a blessing to people who need the Lord in spite of the virus. This is our God moment to reach folk who are suicidal and depressed. We're not to just stay in our own little cubby hole while the world is going to hell. It's bigger than a handbasket. I don't know what it is, but it's big. Where is your witness for Christ? We're in a major crisis. 
people have died because of the virus, have gotten sick because of the virus. You see all the racial unrest, all the confusion, all the brutality, all the injustice. And we can go on and on and on. But I got a question for you. In the midst of all of this, where is your witness? Stop watching the media so much. They give you the stats. Oh, we have a total of this. These many have recovered. These many are on ventilators. These many are off ventilators. Here's the curve going up this way and it's going down this way. And you talk about this and it talk about fat. And you got these many in America. And oh, globally we got. Listen, that stuff will infuse nothing but fear and doubt and speculation, it will paralyze your faith and you'll be of no use to God. Yo, if I should die right now, I want to die doing what God has called me to do. That's the best way. I don't want to die scared. I don't want to die paralyzed. I don't want to die in fear. I don't want to die in doubt. I want to serve my Savior to death like he served himself to death for me. And all God's children said, and Father, we thank you for this message. So many saints have allowed fear to rule their lives. They've allowed the media to take away their mission for Christ. Many believers have lost their joy because they're looking at the politicians and they're listening to the pundits, and they're listening to the scientists, and they're looking at curves, and they're listening to stats, and they're getting nothing done for God. Oh, God, wake us up spiritually. Let revival reign. Father, I pray a cure for this virus. I pray it happens real soon. But, oh, Lord, even if the cure doesn't come for two years, and I hope it comes in a few months, Father, help me to work while it is day. Because when the night cometh, no man can work. And then, Lord, thank you, Holy Ghost. Help me to be thankful and to be happy and to be joyful right now. You've been too good to us. Help us to see opportunities. Help us to be a blessing. Help us to be encouragers. Help us to build up the faith of others. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, you're here today and know not the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you Jesus. Hey, church, it's time to witness. The, this church is open. The, you, know, you know why Maranatha is open? Because the church is essential. Huh? 
Restaurants are open. Costco is open. Walmart, they open. The malls are open. It's time for the churches to be open. Even if you only have a third of the membership coming, so be it. It's time to witness and get people to Jesus. Do you realize people being shut in is bringing in all kinds of calamities and difficulties? Folk are having the mental, psychological issues are off the chains. Children are distraught. Dreams are put on hold. Folk have stopped living. And God is saying, rise, shine, and give God the glory. You want to come to Jesus? You need to come for your own soul's sake. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe it in his life. His sufferings on the cross in your place, his death and burial and resurrection, his coming back again. You believe that. Cry to God, saying, Lord, save me. Redeem me by your blood, and God will save you right now. God is our ever present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.